This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's deputy editor and podcast host. And each episode, I'll be catching up with chefs, cuckoo writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Richard Makin to the podcast today. Richard is the mastermind behind the massively popular School Night Vegan Instagram account with over 231,000 followers and the author of new book, Anything You Can Cook, I Can Cook Vegan. Richard is a long-time contributor to Olive, and you'll find loads of his brilliant recipes online, as well as some gems from his new book in our July issue, which is out in a couple of weeks. Welcome, Richard. Hi, thank you for having me. Congratulations on the new book. It's an absolute stunner. I am very grateful for you saying that. I love it. I hope I hope everyone else does too. <laughs> so you've come to share your expertise on vegan bacon with us today mm-hmm. and we can chat about the new book as well. So the, the book's been a long time in the making, hasn't it? It has, yeah. It's it's sort of from from signing my my book deal to release, it was probably about two years, but I was working I was working on the proposal for probably about a year before that as well. So it really is a bit of an obsessive project. And the whole writing process took place over lockdown. So it was sort of stretched out beyond what a cookbook normally normally takes to write. But um, it was it was fun. It was great. It was a it was a brilliant two years other than, you know, the whole pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know that um, obviously you did a lot of it during lockdown and I know as well that you're quite obsessive about testing and retesting recipes. Mm-hmm. When do you know that you've done enough and you can just stop tweaking and I g- let it go? I g- <laughs> Does that ever happen? <laughs> That's a good question. I guess you never do. 
I guess you never do. And actually, I keep working on recipes even once they're published. I, I also run the blog School Night Vegan, which is the sort of online version of 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 what I do. And and I regularly just produce updates on old favorite recipes. And I, I think I think that's sort of the joy of cooking, isn't it? That you can always improve on on something that you've put out there. And especially when it comes yeah. to vegan cooking, because there's so much um so much science going into it and science never stops Janine science yeah. is always going <laughs> you know you science can, never sleeps basically <laughs> you can always find a new ingredient that can make something slightly more convincing texturally or slightly more um, umami yeah. or meaty flavored or whatever it is that you're working on so yeah I guess the answer is yeah. never <laughs> I want to talk about some of the ingredients and techniques from the book because I think that's quite a nice way to approach you know people who are thinking right, vegan, I can sub this for this, but then baking is science in itself. Sure. So then you've got the one level of, you know, how bacon works and then you've got the next level of how does vegan bacon work mm -hmm. because you're not only, like, having to follow a formula, but you're also having to sub in ingredients for, like, commonly used ingredients. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to talk about your... Um, because you you found a new method of making vegan double cream, which would, which <laughs> sounds utterly scientific. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of the holy grail, isn't it, for 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 a lot of vegans? Because you know that there, there are increasingly products out there that do what double cream does now that that are vegan, and that's great. I'm really happy that they exist because for a long time we had nothing other than coconut cream to whip, which is which is okay. Some people really like it. It tastes obviously strongly of, of coconut. And I find that it's quite finicky. It doesn't, it doesn't always work and you have to chill it for 24 hours before you whip it and all of this sort of stuff. I'm talking about the, the hard stuff at the top of a can of coconut milk, do you know, that you can kind of scoop off the really, the really creamy stuff. You can whip that and sweeten it like, like it's coconut, like it's double cream. But that didn't quite hit the spot for me. And I wanted to make something that that felt closer to whipped cream and didn't have a coconutty flavor. And I figured that if you blend soy milk and melted coconut oil, deodorized coconut oil, crucially, so it doesn't have that coconut flavor um, in the right ratio, it basically just becomes double cream. And it's it works with soy milk in particular because soy contains naturally contains this thing called lecithin which you may have seen on the back of of um, chocolate bar wrappers and uh, stuff like that soy lecithin or sunflower yeah. lecithin lecithin also exists in egg yolks it's an emulsifier it's what makes them you know thicken custards and things like that and it's in soybeans naturally so soy milk when you blend it with a with a an oil with a fat like coconut milk uh, sorry coconut oil it, it it emulsifies beautifully and you end up with this gorgeous sort of whippable double cream substitute and you can do anything with it you know you can sweeten it you can use it in baking you can top a pie with it or whatever it's it's just wonderful very versatile so like technique wise do you have to then once you've melted it together then chill it down and then whip it up to get the air into it. Exactly, yeah. So all you need to do is blend the two ingredients together in a blender so that, you know, it's it's properly blended. Yeah. Stick it in the fridge, chill it down, like, you know, whipped cream always whips best when it's when it's uh, when it's chilled. And then stick it in the in the 
stand mixer or use your hand mixer and just whip it like it's double cream and it it behaves almost identically yeah because i noticed that you use soy milk as your kind of default milk is that the reason why because of that lecithin and because of the the mouth feel that that gives you exactly yeah and also when you use it in baked goods for instance in you know in a cake in a vegan bake you're obviously not going to have eggs present in in the bake and one of the things that eggs do in baking is they emulsify stuff they hold batters together and they stop your your dough and your batter from splitting as it as it bakes um and soy milk does the same thing because of because of that because of that lesser thin and um that's why i always recommend if you're doing a vegan bake and it calls for 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 a, a plant milk if you can use an unsweetened soy milk because it 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 works way better but also um if you if you can and if you have the means to blend your wet ingredients together if you're using soy milk blend your sugar and your um whatever it is whatever you're making blend the wet ingredients rather than just add them one by one to the mix because you're helping that emulsification to take place and that stops your, your batter from yeah. splitting. We've got very scientific very quickly, haven't we, Janine? It's, it's, uh... I know, I, lo- I like science and, and you, you call yourself an apologetic nerd. So I'm, I'm appealing to your nerd, your nerd side. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should we talk a bit about egg replacements? Because eggs are a big, big deal, aren't they? In fact, you've got a whole intro where you're explaining you know we just got we got a bit lazy saying like you know with using eggs we didn't we, we never really think about what else we can use and there are other things out there i know you're a big fan of the is it psyllium husk yeah that's the one that's the one yeah and and you're right i mean look eggs eggs do so many things eggs like i said before they're emulsifiers they introduce you know a water content to baking they keep things moist um you can just whip the egg whites for for you know incorporating air into cakes and stuff like that but but this isn't a magical coincidence that eggs are just these these wonder ingredients we have built recipes yeah. around eggs over hundreds and hundreds of years if not thousands of years so uh yes it can be a bit of a challenge to replace eggs in in vegan baking but you know if 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 you have fun with it there's there's no reason to to not do that and um that's part (laughs) that's part of vegan baking that that i love is is solving solving those problems and i think the biggest the biggest challenge with replacing eggs is to really learn what an egg is doing in a particular recipe and to to look at it and say okay uh in this recipe eggs are providing lift because i'm expected to whip the egg whites and until it's you know like a like a meringue and then add that to the batter if you're using a commercial egg replacer like um i think this one called veg out there which i've never used it's like a powdered vegan <laughs> vegan egg that's not going to do the same thing because that's designed to sort of hold batters together. That's designed to emulsify. So oh, okay. unfortunately, there isn't a one size fits all answer for replacing eggs in baking. You have to sort of know a bit about what the egg is doing in that in that recipe. But um, aquafaba works wonderfully in those scenarios where you're trying to provide, you know, like a whipped, a whipped egg um experience but uh, yeah you're right when it comes to holding batters together and keeping things moist and locking in that that um 
that that moisture content into you know maybe like a chewy cookie or a nice moist uh cake i keep saying moist i've got no problems with the word moist but lots of people do. i don't have a problem with it if you do <laughs> find me a better word and i'll use it but there is no better <laughs> word um yeah i like to use something called psyllium husk powder and psyllium husk powder sounds like it's from out of space but it's really not yeah it's it does <laughs> <laughs> It's just, really? <laughs> it's just the very, very fine sort of papery shells of these of these seeds that that are used a lot in in cooking from elsewhere around the world. In fact, it's so high in fiber that in a lot of Indian cooking, it's used as like a like a fiber supplement, and so you only really need a tiny amount of it um, in in baking. I find that you can replace an egg in a cake recipe with like a quarter of a teaspoon of psyllium husk powder and it works kind of like have you ever used a flax flaxseed egg replacement a lot of yeah, people use yeah, ground flax because they, they kind of expand don't they sure you soak them in water and they become kind of gel jellified like like an egg and they work wonderfully they're great that again they act as an emulsifier and they hold batters together but Flax seeds has a have a really bitter flavour, and you need to use like at least a tablespoon of them to to replicate the the effects of an egg. And psyllium uh, husks have have zero flavour. You hardly need any of them. They're really powerful, and they have no texture, so they're not going to add any crunch to your bake or anything. They just disappear into the batter. So they they're a wonderful thing to have in your pantry as a vegan baker. It's a really good shout. I also wanted to talk about going back to your nerd nerd status. You actually made your own butter, your own vegan butter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is you know is mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you sort of, <laughs> but but I I love the idea that you you're prepared to go that deep into it that you would go and make butter from scratch. I mean, how did that come about? I mean, it's always a, it's always a challenge as a vegan recipe developer who has kind of an international reach right the internet has made made sure that we can very easily reach people all over the world not just in the uk nowadays so it's always a challenge to create recipes that that work regardless of where you are in the world and obviously there are vegan butters out there on the market now flora is pretty much across the board vegan except for their buttery option um but that doesn't exist in all countries and america is famous famously quite quite poor on vegan options when it comes to vegan butter they have like artisanal ones like miyokos um but in terms of like actual block butter that you can use in baking there's not a lot of options out there and where there are options they're inconsistent in their texture and their you know their taste and i might recipe i might write a recipe that works for flora that doesn't work for um, miyokos in america so these these are inconsistencies that you wouldn't get with you know standard dairy butter because it's standardized across the board so i wanted to create a recipe that that was standardized and that that people could use and know it would work in all of my recipes because i made it <laughs> and i've tested it in all of these in all of these recipes and um and it's it's again i i you have really caught me in a in a an emulsification trap because it's the same process it's just just a case of using soy milk and um coconut oil and a couple of other things for flavor i like to add some miso paste sometimes because it gives it that kind of that kind of um salty sweet kind of uh dairy kind of flavor um 
and it also means that it's from it's slightly fermented so the flavor sort of grows fermented, as it yeah. as it's kept in the fridge which is fun um but yeah it, it's the same process and it, it's just a higher ratio of coconut oil which means that it sets at fridge temperature and at room temperature so it's kind of the the exact texture of, of butter and it behaves just like butter. You can use it in buttercream. You can use it in baking, all of that sort of stuff. That's amazing that you, I mean, how long did that take to develop? Was that quite a, a big project? You know, it's kind of it's kind of a domino effect. Once you start to figure out that you can make double cream, you then go, well, well, butter isn't that far away from double cream. You know, if you start to look at the fat content of butter versus double cream, it just sort of just sort of knocks on. So actually not not that long. Um uh maybe maybe just a few days in the kitchen which is which is a good a good, a good development time frame for me <laughs> hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yeah, let's talk about some of the recipes from the book, starting with something that's quite, not basic, but um, brownies. I mean, it's something that's approachable, everybody you know, loves it. I've seen loads of recipes for vegan brownies, but you said you had a particular problem with the brownie recipe that you wanted to do yeah i i mean this is where all innovation comes from isn't it finding a problem finding something that is a need that isn't being met and trying to trying to meet it and one of the things that i find that a lot of vegans complain about when it comes to brownies is that they don't have that sort of shiny glossy lacy crackly top on the top and i don't know if you've ever seen brown vegan brownies in bakeries or uh, or in cafes and stuff like that but it's very easy to get that delicious sort of fudgy squidge that you that you get with brownies but to get that crackly top that lacy top it, you don't see it for for whatever reason you don't see it very often on on vegan brownies and it took me ages to figure out why that was at first i thought it was something to do with butter fat um, because obviously vegan brownies don't contain butter. And then I thought it was something to do with egg whites because, egg, you know, vegan <laughs> vegan brownies don't contain egg whites. But eventually I figured out that it's not. It's to do with sugar. It's to do with how you dissolve your sugar into, into the batter. And because regular brownies as opposed to vegan brownies 
contain usually contain more moisture as in they have eggs which are which are wetter obviously than most vegan vegan options the sugar becomes fully dissolved before the batter gets gets baked and it's that dissolving of the sugar that creates that beautiful crispy glossy layer on on the surface of the of the brownies so i figured out that if you just dissolve your sugar in water before you add it to the mixture to the brownie batter you end up with that gorgeous glossy surface still and so it just feels like you've got everything that a regular brownie provides and none of the none of the weird vegan myths that come along with eating a vegan baked goods like <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it's dry or haunted or something like that no <laughs> haunted haunted brownies i love it um so when I was little, one of the biggest treats that we ever used to have was a Vionetta. And I'm still mm. a little bit obsessed with them. Mm-hmm, and same. you have done a, a Veganetta. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about Veganetta. Who doesn't love a Vionetta? Like, I think that's a universal truth. They've really hit upon something that all humans love, which is, for me, it's that cr- that crackle. You know, it's as crackly, it cuts through yeah. the, the, the yeah, chocolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also didn't realise Vianetta is international. I thought it was a very English sort of 1980s thing, but it still exists and it exists in all over the world. It's in the States, it's in Asia, it's in Europe, it's everywhere. So without realising it, I sort of tapped into this <laughs> universal human Like universal, human yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, so I was, I mean, I feel the same. It was one of those treats for me as a kid growing up that as I was going through the process of transitioning to a vegan diet, I th- was really sad that I wasn't going to get to eat a Vianetta ever again because it, there are no v- vegan Vianettas out there. I mean, who's to say they may bring one out, but, you know, I, I, you go through this sort of mourning process while you're, while you're converting to veganism sometimes because you think... Oh God, I'll never get to have a Mars bar again or whatever, you know? And it's that feeling that I love to capitalise on and just attack head on and say, no, I will have a Vionetta again. <laughs> I will, because I'm going to make it. And as you you know, Janine, my my former life, my sort of entrance to the to the foodie world was as a ice cream. Oh, it was man. Ice cream, I used to, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to run an ice cream company, not a vegan one. This was pre pre V, and uh, and I I I love making ice cream still. And the joyous thing about this recipe in the book is that you don't need an ice cream machine for it. There's no ice cream machine necessary. It's more of like a parfait, like a frozen parfait. Um, and you just you just whip the ingredients together, and then you layer them up with the the ice cream and then the chocolate sauce and then the ice cream and the chocolate sauce, stick it in the freezer and it becomes a beautiful layered ve- ve- veganetta. How do you get the crackly chocolate then? Is that... It's that, yeah, it's it's very simple actually. It's deceptively simple. It It's, do you remember that chocolate shell sauce that you used to be able to get and you could, it's yes. in a bottle and you shake you it just, and you put... And it, and it instantly freezes on top of the ice exactly. cream. That All... stuff. All that that is, (laughs) yeah, same. It was so special. All that is, is literally (laughs) melted, melted chocolate with some sort of oil. You can do it with vegetable oil. You can do it with coconut oil. You can do it with olive oil even. And the, the introduction of the oil stops the chocolate from, from 
solidifying at room temperature and but at freezer temperature and on ice cream it solidifies and you get that gorgeous sort of sort of crack to it and uh and yeah that's that's how you do it you just drizzle it over in 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 a nice little little ribbon layer it up with more ice cream and uh and you get that gorgeous crackle it's a lot of fun as well it's it's a fun one to make with kids because they get to get to keep keep layering up and then at the end of the day you can slice it and see the the fruits of your labor <laughs> and mo- <laughs> i think most um i think i'm right in saying that most dark chocolate is naturally vegan because it doesn't it tends have, to be yeah um, it milk tends to, to be it, yeah yeah, usually the the cutoff is about fifty five percent cocoa solids. So above fifty five percent cocoa solids, you're usually fine. Always check the ingredients if it's if if that matters to you. But um, be- below fifty five percent, they tend to start start adding milk, and that's when it gets into 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 milk chocolate gets territory. Non vegan, yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Um, I also want to talk about another retro dessert because we're featuring it in Olive Nanny Sadie's Vanilla Slice. Oh my Aww. god. <laughs> <laughs> nanny sadie she sounds like my grandma <laughs> oh nanny sadie is a legend among grandmas uh i'm looking in fact there's two there's, there's two recipes in in the book dedicated one dedicated to each each grandma but nanny sadie was the grandma who we used to get palmed off at on when we were off sick from school and my parents had to go to work and Nanny Sadie would always go to Sayers Bakery in Liverpool and get us get us custard slices or vanilla slices or whatever whatever you call them. And Nanny Sadie wasn't a baker; she wasn't much of a cook, but she loved food, and part, that's partly where I get I get my my love of food from. And she would always come back from the bakery with two custard slices one for you and one for her and you'd sit and eat them together and watch I don't know rubbish on telly and she used to read my tea leaves to try and keep me you know when you can read fortunes from tea leaves she was just so great and so fun and just a brilliant person to be around especially when you were when you were poorly and I'm a big fan of that connection between nostalgia and those those feelings of of childhood comfort and and warmth and feeling safe and looked after and cared for and and food i think that i think those two things are intrinsically connected and like i was mentioning before when you go vegan it can feel like you have to leave that behind because you can't eat those things that made you feel that way anymore and the whole purpose of my book is to remind people that you, you don't have to say goodbye to that stuff you can you can still make that stuff. You just have to think outside the box and use ingredients that might be a yeah. bit unfamiliar. And, and use uh, one of and your star ingredients, which is, um, you know, we've talked about it in, in the past. Uh, the fact that puff pastry is uh, most puff pastry, if it doesn't say all butter, is is usually vegan. So that's yeah. just such a great starting point for something like that, isn't it? It's one of those wonder ingredients that we've all sort of unknowingly been been using for for years, for decades, without realizing that, that it's vegan. And it just uses margarine instead of instead of butter. And I think possibly that came about as a cost saving thing, you know, to begin with. And and now it it turns out that it's it has a secondary market out there. And and that's great. Fine by me. And how do you get that kind of custard vibe without the eggs? Because I always think eggs. But actually, I guess there's probably a lot of custards out there that don't have eggs in them because eggs are expensive. Exactly. Again, it's a cost saving thing. And 
and you you find that across the board in a, in a lot of commercial baking is that unless it states otherwise they they don't use they don't use butter and they don't use eggs because it it's costly and it's perishable and if they don't if they don't use it, it they have to throw it out and the alternatives aren't don't work like that and the alternative for make, for making a custard and to be honest, you're probably probably using this already. Again, this is another thing that you'll likely have in your cupboard. Um, is cornstarch? Cornstarch works really wonderfully to make stuff set like as though it contains eggs, and that's all custard powder is. The only custard I've ever known as a kid growing up was Bird's custard powder, and <laughs> and it's it's hard to admit that as a foodie because I'd like to be the person that says, "Oh, my mother always made." custard from scratch using egg yolks from the local farm or whatever and to be honest that's just not true for most of us most of us grew up with birds custard and all that is is vanilla extract and custard powder and 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 we're happy with that it tastes great it tastes just like it so you know as long as you get the balance right of custard of uh not custard powder of cornstarch in in the recipe it will set beautifully it will be sliceable it will be creamy and taste just like a, a nanny sadie's classic custard slice um and also there's a great plant powered pantry section in the book which gives you all the details if you were like starting your vegan journey mm-hmm. you know um if you've got these things in your arsenal then you can you can go off and make lots of these recipes so mm-hmm. if you were to recommend any recipe to start off with what what recipe would that be you know for someone who's just like starting their vegan journey yeah absolutely what i've seen since the book um went went on sale what i've seen baking wise that people are really excited about is the chocolate chip cookie recipe in the in the book and this was another example of me trying to standardize the ingredients that people use in vegan baking because it means that the results will be more consistent and people won't be messaging me saying (laughs) i used a vegan butter that was made out of palm oil uh and it didn't work versus you know the the one that i can get in the store so this uh, vegan chocolate chip cookie recipe is made using olive oil and I recommend using a really nice extra virgin olive oil so you actually Ooh, okay. get some olive oil flavour in there. So it feels nice. like a really grown up chocolate chip cookie. It's not yeah. for kids, this one. I, I This is for people who <laughs> want to dangle a cookie in front of their child's face and say, this is for mum, not for you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it just... the the. The, instead of using butter or instead of using a butter substitute, it uses extra virgin olive oil and it's so delicious. It's absolutely beautiful. And from what I've seen from the pictures that people are posting online, it's really consistent. The way the cookies are turning out, the way they're spreading on the baking tin, the way that they are browning is really consistent across the board, which is quite hard to do with a cookie recipe because these again yeah. these ingredients are are inconsistent so i'm very proud of that, that one and i don't want to make you choose between all of your children but which is your favorite recipe in the book we've already talked about it i adore nanny sadie's custard slice and it's just oh. again it's 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 one of those examples of <laughs> of something that that just fills yeah. my heart when i eat it and i think <clears throat> i think a lot of people that. Yeah, a lot of people forget that that 
vegan food can be emotional as well like 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 non-vegan food and that when you go vegan you don't leave those emotions behind you don't just i mean again i can't speak for all vegans some people really love the feeling of saying i'm making a decision to be vegan today and from now on i will eat differently for the rest of my life and for some people that's an exciting change to go through but for other people it's a really scary process. It's a really scary thing to do. And uh, recipes that make people feel like it's not a huge transition, I think will always be valuable to people because I, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like it's a, like it's a difficult process because it's, it's not, it's a fun one. Yeah. And I love the way you've approached that in the book because, you know, it is called anything you can cook, I can cook vegan. And that's how you've approached it. You've thought about all of the recipes that you've previously been denied and gone, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the best possible recipe for this. And you've done it. You know, it's fantastic. I also think something we forget. (laughs) Thank you, Janine. I think another thing we forget about, about vegan food as well is that people either expect it to be one, one of two ends of a pendulum swing. Either it's super healthy or it's absolute junk food. And you as a vegan you're expected to be either one of those a junk food vegan or a health food vegan and uh those two things exist in non-vegan food right like non-vegan junk food exists and non-vegan health food also exists but nobody expects non-vegans to to pick a side right you get to do what you want depending on the day and depending on how hungover you are or whatever so as a as a vegan i really love the idea that i get to choose that too and some days i get to eat a really delicious hearty salad and other days i get to eat like a double stacked cheeseburger uh so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the joy oh well that's a great thing to end on um thank you so much for coming to chat to us today and the book is it's out now i'm right in saying that aren't i I think it's, is it climbing up all the bestseller lists or did I make that up? No, I didn't. It's, I think it's, it's Amazon bestseller, isn't it? <laughs> it? It was. Ironically, it was the bestseller in the cheese and dairy category okay. on Amazon. So <laughs> you... don't cancel me for that. I didn't choose that. <laughs> <laughs> Who chooses that? That's mad. <laughs> uh, Amazon, I guess. Um, Some robot somewhere. And just so people know where to look for you, where's the best place to find you and what you're up to? So you can find me on social media under at School Night Vegan. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Uh, less and less I'm on Twitter. <laughs> so maybe don't yeah. go there. Um, and you've got a podcast I, as well, I heard. A rumour that you've I do. launched a podcast. I also have a podcast, yeah. And it's it's not a specifically vegan podcast, but it is a food podcast. It's called Lunchbox Time Machine. And it's all about... Uh, connecting with those food memories that made us who we are from from throughout our life and uh, there's two nice big funny uh, uh, episodes up now lunchbox time machine fantastic so search for that that's brilliant well thanks so much for coming to chat to us today rich it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me it's been so nice thank you for listening to the olive podcast for recipes and more information head to olivemagazine.com Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.